0: Hello, family, and welcome. We're Bob and Penny Lord. In the history of our church, no man stands out more clearly as a zealot and role model than does St. Paul the Apostle. The church as we know it today, the church of the Gentiles, would not exist were it not for the unceasing pursuit of Paul to bring the gospel to the four corners of the earth. He took to heart Jesus' command, go into the whole world and proclaim the news to all creation. Paul was born in Tarsus. Mark Anthony had given the people of Tarsus freedom,
1: immunity, and the right to become Roman citizens. Paul was originally named Saul, and it is believed that he came to Jerusalem in the year 30 AD. He was a Pharisee and a zealot, a defender of the Jewish law, which he believed Jesus was breaking. He was a passionate person. The Lord can work with people like Paul. His passion was for God. The same firebrand fervor he employed in defending God against the Christians was put to use in proclaiming our Lord Jesus Christ after
0: Paul's conversion. The first mention of Paul in the gospel is as the young man who piled the coats of those who stoned St. Stephen to death. After the stoning of Stephen, Saul became the dread of the Christians as he received permission to hunt them down and crush the movement. He began in Jerusalem, tracking down Christians, going into house after house, dragging men and women out and throwing them into jail. His reputation spread very quickly. His very name brought fear to Christians. Saul and his cohorts were traveling at breakneck speed to get to Damascus. A
1: brilliant flash of light streaked across the sky. Saul was thrown to the ground. He tried to see what had happened, but the strong beam blinded him. He heard a voice... Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, sir? The voice responded, I am Jesus. You are persecuting me. Jesus continued, Get up and go into the city, where you will be told what to do. The figure of Jesus faded slowly, and then all went black. Saul could see nothing. He got up, groped around, completely
0: blind though his eyes were wide open. He was led by the hand to a house in Damascus. His mind was reeling. He asked to be alone. He refused food or drink. He had to think. He had to sort it out. Jesus was alive. He had to consider that everything he had said or thought or done against these Christians had been in error. It was as they had all said. He had risen from the dead. He was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. For three days, Saul stayed by himself in a dark room, agonizing
1: over what he had done. But Saul was a very positive person. He knew there was a way to make it right. He would go back to all those who didn't believe and explain the truth to them.
0: They'd have to believe once they saw his conversion. It made sense, but that's not what happened. The first seeds of mistrust were felt in the heart of Ananias. The Lord appeared to him and told him to go to the house where he would find Saul of Tarsus. Ananias never doubted the Lord. He thought, however, he had heard the wrong name. Jesus told Ananias that he would use Saul in a mighty way to convert the Gentiles. Ananias went off to find Saul. At about the same time Ananias was having a conversation with Jesus, Saul was having a vision of Ananias coming to meet him.
1: Ananias found Saul at the house as Jesus had told him. He looked at the blind Saul. He went up to him gingerly, laid his hands on his head, and spoke very softly, "'Saul, my brother,' I have been sent by the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the way here, to help you recover your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Something like scales fell off Saul's eyes, and he could see. Ananias prayed
0: over him, then took him down to the river. He had submerged Saul, baptizing him. Saul couldn't wait to go to the synagogue and share the good news with his Jewish brothers and sisters. They warmly welcomed him as the famous rabbi from Jerusalem. But that was before he told them about his conversion. The mood changed quickly. Their expressions turned from bated anticipation to outraged anger. Accusations like turncoat and traitor were leveled at him. As he attempted to bear his heart to his brother, brothers of fury raged in the synagogue. He had to get out and fast.
1: This was the beginning of a long, lonely journey for Saul now, Paul. His own people, the Jews, wanted to kill him. They hated him for having turned away from them. His new brothers, the Christians, didn't trust him. Paul went off by himself into the desert. Was it here that Jesus taught him about love, how nothing had any value without love? Did Jesus give him the insights here
0: which would touch the whole world for thousands of years to come? Paul returned to Damascus. He began preaching to the Jews. He spoke so brilliantly, he swayed many Jews over to Christianity. But he also amassed a good deal of hate from the Pharisees in the town. A scheme was concocted to kill Paul. He had to be lowered over the city wall by night in a basket to escape the threat on his life.
1: Paul returned to Jerusalem. It had been four years since he had been there. When he had left, it was to track down Christians. He was coming back a disciple of Jesus intent on spreading the gospel message. But he was not trusted by the Christians. Naturally, he was hated by the Jews. He found himself
0: alone again, without friends, almost. Jesus sent Barnabas to Paul. He was the only Christian to befriend Paul. He believed the account of his conversion on the road to Damascus. The Lord worked through Barnabas. He insisted Paul meet Peter. Barnabas walked him right through to Peter and James, Paul shared his conversion, and the past three years, they accepted him openly. Paul spent some time in Jerusalem.
1: The persecution there had died down. The anger had subsided, but not towards Paul. The Jews would never forgive him for what he had done, and now he was adding fuel to the fire. He went into the synagogues
0: and proclaimed the gospel. Anger rose up in the Greek Jews to whom he spoke. His Christian brothers pleaded with him not to speak on touchy subjects like the Mosaic law. Paul ignored them. He spoke of Moses' law as having been replaced by the new covenant of Jesus. This was blasphemy. When the Jews plotted to have Paul killed, the Christians took this as an opportunity to get him out of Israel. They took him by night to Caesarea. Paul knew it was the Lord's wishes that he leave Jerusalem And so he sailed for Tarsus, where he waited for instructions. He
1: waited and waited in Tarsus for word from the church of Jerusalem. But the days turned into months, and the months turned into years. Four years he waited. During this time, the Lord was truly working in Antioch. Word got back to Jerusalem about the great fervor for the Lord in Antioch. Barnabas was sent to see what was happening and help in any way he could. When he arrived at Antioch, he found a small but thriving
0: church. He knew there was great potential in Antioch, but he needed help. He went to Tarsus to fetch Paul. Paul joined Barnabas in Antioch. His enthusiasm was powerful. He was on fire. He embraced the people of Antioch and they, in turn, accepted him. They loved him and listened intently as he shared about Jesus. He and Barnabas worked together for a year building the church of Antioch. A plague had been predicted in Jerusalem. The brothers decided to put
1: aside food and money to help their community in Jerusalem. When they had enough of an offering, they sent Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem to give it to the community
0: there. Paul and Barnabas were elated over the events of their trip to Jerusalem. They were welcomed warmly, not only for the contribution they had brought from Antioch, but because of the progress they were making there. Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch, bringing John Mark with them. But there was an urgency about them to move on beyond Antioch to the pagan world of the Gentiles. The church in Antioch didn't want to lose them. Paul was obedient to his elders. The Holy
1: Spirit spoke through the brothers. The words he spoke were, set aside Barnabas and Saul for me to do the work for which I have called them. Paul and Barnabas, as well as the elders of the community, prayed and fasted. The brothers laid hands on them, and they departed. They brought John Mark with them and
0: set sail for Cyprus. Paul and Barnabas were so excited about their mission, they had to know they were making history in their first journey to go where no Christian had ever preached the word of Jesus before. They were straining at the bit. After such a successful year in Antioch, plus the encouragement they received in Jerusalem, they knew that the whole world was ready for the message of Jesus. Right? Wrong. In Cyprus, they struck out 15 times. They went from
1: town to town first appealing to the Jews in the synagogues and then, not having been successful with them, the Gentiles. There was little or no
0: interest. Their spirits were low, but they were not ready to give up. They went from one end of the island to the other. No one seemed interested in hearing about Jesus. Before they shook the dust from their feet, they made their last stop in Cyprus, Paphos. There was a Roman governor there who had heard of their travels throughout the island. They were invited to speak before him. The Lord chose this time and this place, speaking before a Roman, to have Paul take the lead. Paul spoke brilliantly. Everything he said appealed to the Roman
1: governor. It looked like the governor was won over. Then Satan snuck in, in the form of a Jewish magician, Bar Jesus. He began ridiculing everything Paul said. Paul got up, pointed his finger at the man and said, You are an imposter and a thoroughgoing fraud, you son of Satan, an enemy of all that is right. The Lord's hand is upon you
0: even now. For a time you shall be blind, unable so much as to see the sun. The magician immediately went blind. Paul was shocked at what happened, but he never blinked an eyelash. Under his breath, he praised the Holy Spirit and thanked him for coming to his aid at this most important time. The governor was completely won over by Paul. He believed. The word of God was finally accepted in Cyprus. Soon after, the three disciples left Cyprus and sailed for Persia
1: in Pamphylia back in Asia, but quite a distance from where they had begun. Winter was settling in. The weather turned brutal. Paul was anxious to continue on to the cities of Galatia. He warned his companions about the hardships they would endure on the journey. John Mark decided to leave Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas began their treacherously
0: dangerous journey. Their first stop was Antioch and Pisidia. They went into the synagogue on the Sabbath. The leaders were happy to have foreigners come into their midst to speak to them. They shared how this Jesus of Nazareth fulfilled all the prophecies of the Old Testament. The leaders asked them to return the following week on the Sabbath to speak again on the same subject. The following week the synagogue was packed, so much so there were people standing outside listening. Jews and Gentiles as well were present the Satan of jealousy crept into the assembly. The Jews became envious when they saw such a large crowd of Gentiles. They began to taunt Barnabas and Paul. They criticized and contradicted everything they said. Finally, however, Paul had had enough. He turned to them, pointed his finger
1: at them, and cried out, the word of God has been declared to you first of all. But since you reject it and thus convict yourselves as unworthy of everlasting life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For thus were we instructed by the Lord, I have made you a light to
0: the nations, a means of salvation to the ends of the earth. The Gentiles were excited upon hearing this. They began to shout praises to the Lord. Paul and Barnabas turned their attention to this more receptive group. The Jews were furious They agitated some key people in the town against Paul and Barnabas. A plot was hatched by their enemies. Paul and Barnabas were arrested and scourged. Then they were dragged to the gates of the city and thrown out. They were in physical pain but exhilarated. Paul and Barnabas were not ones to lick their
1: wounds. They took a short time to heal from the beating, and then they were on the road again. They went from town to town preaching the good news of Jesus. They always followed the same pattern. They went to the synagogue first to present the
0: good news to the Jews. Their words won many over to the new way of Jesus. But at the same time, some Jews would come to the town to poison the minds of the people. One day while Paul was in town preaching to a large crowd, he didn't notice his enemies walking through the crowd, whispering to the people, All of a sudden, the mob began closing in on him. Too late, he realized he was surrounded. Just then, a large stone went flying through the air and struck him on the head. He staggered from the blow. He felt his head. Blood was flowing from it. Another stone whizzed by and hit him again. He went down. The last thing he remembered was a mass of people grabbing at his clothes. They were out to kill him. He was dragged out of the city and thrown into a ditch left to die.
1: Word got back to his disciples. Barnabas and Timothy rushed to the ditch with others and rescued Paul. When they saw the limp, bloody body lying in the ditch, they thought for sure Paul was dead, but he was strong stock. Paul moaned, then opened his eyes. All the disciples let out a
0: sigh of relief, followed by praises of God. An exciting miracle took place in Lystra. One day, they were at the city gate near the Temple of Jupiter. There was a big crowd. Paul couldn't resist the potential of preaching to this many people at one time. He spoke flowingly of the God Jesus, his love and care for the suffering.
1: A cripple sat at the steps, listening with such faith and hope. Paul kept looking at him. He knew that Jesus would give him the miracles he needed to sway the people. He went over to the cripple and commanded him to get up in the name of Jesus. When the man rose to his feet and walked, the crowd went wild. But the response was one not one that Paul and Barnabas expected. The pagan upbringing of the crowd took over. They thought Paul and Barnabas
0: were gods. Word spread quickly throughout the town. Paul and Barnabas weren't aware this was what they were thinking, but when the priest from the temple of Zeus, way outside of town, came in with offerings to these two gods, Paul and Barnabas knew the miracle had gone the wrong way. The people were calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes. They rushed out into the crowd. They had to stop this. They tore their garments, yelling as they did so, No, we're not gods. We're human, just like you. Finally, after much effort, the people calmed down and Paul was able to instruct them that it was Jesus, not he or Barnabas, who had cured the lame man, the same Jesus who had died for them and been raised from the dead. It was also in Lystra that Paul converted Timothy, who would become a disciple. Paul and Barnabas had spent four years on this first missionary journey. Great strides
1: had been made in developing the Church of the Gentiles. We believe they thought they would return triumphant to Antioch in Syria. Maybe they even expected a little pat on the back for a job well done. What they didn't
0: expect was what happened to them shortly after they arrived home. Judaizers, Jewish converts to Christianity who insisted that Gentile Christians had to follow the Mosaic laws, came to Antioch from Jerusalem. They demanded that all Gentile Christians be circumcised. They criticized Paul and Barnabas at a large assembly in Antioch. Nearly everyone there was a pagan convert. The Judaizers shouted out, Unless you are circumcised according to Mosaic practice, you cannot be saved.
1: Paul and Barnabas went through the ceiling. It was inconceivable after four years of evangelizing hard, barely ex- escaping death on many occasions that it was all in vain. There was so much involved in this dispute. Was salvation dependent on faith in Jesus Christ or on following the laws of Moses? Did Jesus give us a new covenant
0: or was it an extension of the old covenant? When Paul and Barnabas were rejected by the Jews and embraced by the Gentiles, they never thought it necessary to impose Jewish laws on these converts. Paul pointed to the conversion of Cornelius at the hands of Peter. Was he circumcised? The Jews would not budge. The tension mounted. It was determined that Paul and Barnabas go to Jerusalem
1: to present this problem to James and Peter. They brought Titus with them as an example of a pagan who had converted to the Lord. It was a touchy situation going in. It had been five years since he had been to Jerusalem. His accomplishments had become the talk of the Christian world, but now they were in question. Would he have to go back to these beautiful converts and tell them that he had been wrong about their not having to adhere to Jewish law? To Paul's logical way of thinking, it didn't make sense. It was not according to the
0: teachings of Jesus or the concept of the new covenant. At the council meeting, Barnabas stood up and recounted their four-year missionary journey. He introduced Titus as an example of the fiber of the pagan converts. That's when Judaizers started a riot. Paul jumped to his feet and lashed out at the assembly. He accused the assembly of denying the merits of Jesus' crucifixion. The situation became hot. Peter, James, and John stepped in and called for quiet. They took Paul and Barnabas into a private meeting.
1: Paul explained his conviction that salvation came from faith in Jesus and his death and resurrection, not on circumcision and adherence to Mosaic laws. Paul and Barnabas shared their last four years on the road, how the Holy
0: Spirit had worked so powerfully in converting pagans to the new way of Jesus. They spoke with such certainty the apostles could do nothing other than agree with them, congratulate them, and lay hands on them. The next day, James made the announcement to the council that the Gentiles did not have to undergo circumcision. The battle had been won, were, but there was still a great war to be fought. Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch
1: victorious, so they thought. But shortly after, Peter came to visit the church of Antioch, followed by a contingent of Judaizers. They used a great deal of peer pressure on Peter. He removed himself from the Gentile Christians and turned down invitations to be with them. Pretty soon, all the Jewish converts did the same. The Gentiles could see what was happening and were hurt by Peter's actions. Paul
0: knew he had to act. He knew the jeopardy he placed himself into, suggesting that the prince of the apostles, Peter, was behaving contrary to the teaching of Jesus, but he had to do it. He got up in the middle of the assembly and corrected Peter and the others who were putting the law before Jesus. He ended his statement on a powerful note For if justice is by the law, then Jesus died in vain. Not a word was spoken, but everybody understood. All eyes converged on Peter.
1: He and Barnabas ran over to Paul and embraced him. And while the problem of Jewish dietary laws continued to plague the Gentile converts, the lines were
0: clearly established. Faith in Jesus overshadowed adherence to the Mosaic laws. Paul felt the call to go back out on the road. He wanted to start out by visiting the towns he and Barnabas had evangelized the last four years. Barnabas was ready to go, but a dispute about bringing John Mark separated the two friends. Peter chose Silas to accompany him on his voyage. We have to take a minute out here to put the spotlight on Barnabas. True, this story is about
1: Paul, but it's only about, also about the early church. Barnabas is a very strong part of that movement. Barnabas was actually an unsung hero of the infant church. He befriended Paul in Jerusalem when everyone else distrusted him. He brought
0: him to Peter and James. Barnabas went to Tarsus and recruited Paul to work with him in Antioch. Barnabas may have been a better judge of character than Paul. In the same way that he saw great traits in Paul, he had to have seen the same traits in his cousin John Mark. History has proven him right in this. John Mark, now called Mark the Evangelist, is the author of the Gospel of St. Mark. In addition, we read in Scripture that John Mark worked for Paul again at a later date, so obviously they reconciled. Paul's evangelical
1: travels accelerated. He set up churches in Philippi, Thessalonica, Corinth, Athens, Ephesus, and on and on. He found he was needed in more places than he could physically get to, so the Lord gave him a gift he didn't know he had, evangelism by communication. He began one of the most important teaching tools we have today, other than the words of Jesus, the epistles
0: of St. Paul. He felt the need to go to Jerusalem once one more time, even though he was warned in various prophecies that danger awaited him there. He would not listen to the warnings and went to Jerusalem. But before he went, he wrote his famous letter to the Romans in anticipation of a trip to that place. He arrived in Jerusalem for Pentecost. He was spotted by the Jews in the temple area, and they tried to beat him.
1: He was saved by a Roman guard who was going to scourge him when he called on his rights as a Roman citizen, at which point the centurion untied him and sent him to the governor of Caesarea. He stayed there for two years until a new governor came in and wanted to send him to Jerusalem to be tried by the Jews. Again, he invoked his rights as a Roman citizen to be tried by the emperor. He was sent to Rome under God. Finally, after all the years of waiting, he had the opportunity to evangelize
0: the people of Rome. Paul spent two years in his plush house arrest. Finally, he was heard in the imperial court, which was very important to him. They could have killed him as long as he could preach the gospel in the imperial court of Rome. As it turned out, however, he was exonerated and freed. He went back out on the road again. He picked the wrong time to return to Rome, or was it the divine
1: plan? Nero, in his insanity, had burned down the city of Rome. He needed a scapegoat to take the blame, so he chose the Christians. He spread false rumors throughout the city that the Christians had caused the fire. The great persecution began. Paul was well known as a leader of the Christians, so he was arrested soon after his return to Rome in 67 A.D. Only this time it was not a cushy prison like the first time.
0: He was put into the Mamertine prison where he suffered out the last days of his life. Paul knew this was the end of his journey. From here he would catapult into heaven. He wrote his last will and testament in his second letter to Timothy. In it he shared how he was ready to meet his Lord face to face. He shared, I am already being poured out in sacrifice and the time of my deliverance is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. One day Paul heard the footstep of the
1: soldiers in the street above him. They came down into the hole, which was his home. It was time. They brought him outside the city, which was his right as a Roman citizen. There they
0: executed him by beheading him. We're sure they thought this would silence Paul just as they thought a crucifixion would silence Jesus, but it didn't silence Paul. The roar of this great Lion of God has resounded through the entire world, and the echo of that sound has come down through the ages, filling the hearts of strong, powerful men and women for almost 2,000 years.
1: Paul is a mighty comet that thunders past us, a bright light leading us out of the darkness. We would like to leave you with one of his thoughts— All things are passing away. In the end, there are three things that count. Faith, hope, and love.
0: And the greatest of these is love. We love you, St. Paul. We thank you for being with us today. We thank you, St. Paul, for the church you left us. Please load our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Here's how to download our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Simply with your iphone or android device go to the app store search for bob and penny lord app and download it it's that simple here's what you can do with our free bob and penny lord app number one the, there's a link to our marketplaces our websites uh our uh, blog and this podcast the second link is to our bob and penny lord tv channel where you can access all of our videos as seen on EWTN, plus a whole lot more. Thank you very much.